We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan and Jed. (laughs) As always, we're very glad that they're tuning in and sharing the videos, and I hear more and more people saying that they're listening on the podcast. And so that's, you know, obviously we're glad that's there, and we're trying to build in some of our older episodes, the ones that we released on video only. So stay tuned. You'll get some extra ones here and there on some Sundays. I try to release those as a kind of an early morning Sunday thing every now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good. But speaking about Sundays uh, that and the church, the question we're going to talk about today is kind of about the structure of the church. Okay. Yeah, not not the actual architectural structure, no, but, but no. No, no, not that one. Uh, but the question came down to this. It said, kind of discuss planting a church versus adding a church campus, and how does that how does that fit with the idea of church autonomy? Okay, well, there's a lot in that question. I know, and there's some um, parts that I'm holding off on, maybe for the later or um, Jerusalem church, the original church, <coughs> was um, quite a large group of people that were established in mm. Jerusalem on a very temporary basis. Yeah, the thousands that were baptized there. Yeah, and it, yeah. and and they may have uh, worshipped in different places, but that that lasted. Uh, a short time and in Acts 8 verse 4 those people were scattered from mm-hmm. Jerusalem right and they went other places preaching the word <clears throat> then um when we go over to Acts 13 mm-hmm. uh we see the establishment of the church at Antioch okay uh, excuse me Acts 11 I'm sorry uh the uh, church at Antioch in Acts 11:19 through 26 and um that church then uh, shortly began to send out missionaries to establish churches in other places mm-hmm. to plant new churches. Yeah. Now, those new church plants were not campuses of that church. They were independent churches that right. they planted. But um, the word church, ecclesia, literally means a group, a gathering, or an assembly of right. people. And there is the word church that can refer to the church all over the world. Yeah, it's kind of big C, little c right. sort but, of idea. But the ecclesia, in other cases, is a congregation. And another meaning of the word uh, ecclesia is an assembly of people. Okay. Uh, for example, um, in the First Corinthians, in First Corinthians 11... Yeah. Uh, and in First Corinthians 14, there's a phrase that's repeated... A number of times, starting in eleven seventeen, when you come together, mm-hmm. and in in verse eighteen, when you come together, right, and then in verse twenty, when you come together in the 
ecclesia in the church, in the assembly. Right. See? And then down at verse 33 and 34, you have when you come together. Mm -hmm. uh, look at 1423 of 1 Corinthians. Just read the okay. first few few, few yeah, first few words, yeah. if you would. Verse uh, 23 of chapter 14, if therefore the whole church comes together. All right. So, so the coming together was where an ecclesia, all of the group, all of the members of an ecclesia come together. Yeah. <clears throat> and that phrase is repeated numerous times in the discussion of the assembly in the book of Corinthians. So by definition, as I understand it, an ecclesia, a church, a congregation is a group of people who come together in one place okay. on Sundays. Yeah. That definition, that understanding, um, has a lot of implications, I think, about uh, the way a church functions. For example, in, in Acts uh, 14, mm -hmm. verse 22 and 23, this is where the church at Antioch had sent Paul and uh, Barnabas out to, to preach in the area of Galatia, and they had preached in Lystra, Derby, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia. Right. And they had established congregations in those different places. Yeah. So start actually with 14, maybe 21 is there where we start there? And then read a little ways. Sure. When they had preached the gospel to that city, is that what it yep. says? Go start ahead. in 21. Uh, when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. All right. They appointed elders for them in each ecclesia. Yeah. An ecclesia is a group of people that meets together on Sundays to worship. Mm -hmm. And a group of leaders, a group of spiritual leaders, elders is looking after that group of people with with whom they assemble mm -hmm. on a Sunday and they can see those people on a regular basis by they assemble with them they're aware of those people right and so um, part of so, the idea of an ecclesia is to have a a unit and that unit is the assembly mm -hmm. so maybe to in a modern context let me try to say it and you tell me if it matches up we would say that Paul was going around as a church planter and he planted those congregations, got them up and running, and then he kind of circles back to check back on them and take them to the next level of self-governance or autonomy. Right. And instead of him being the one who's now overseeing each of those congregations, he's handing that oversight to the local shepherds, That's the local right. elders. That's exactly right. Okay. So it's not that Paul remained the head of this group of churches. Well, you brought up an interesting point there. That's a shocker, but you really did. All right. So <laughs> Look no, at that. <clears throat> no, what you brought up is is there is a there is a sense in which there were Catholic or universal leaders in the ancient church. Hmm. The apostles were Catholic or universal leaders, that's what that word means. Right. Wherever the apostles went, the authority that they brought from Christ himself 
made them spiritual leaders wherever they went. Their their leadership was not localized. It was yeah. generalized throughout the whole thing. So they had the authority to go out to these congregations. Yes, Paul's yeah. Paul's teaching and his direction would have been authoritative in any location. Mm. It was not one location. Okay. But the the individual congregations or ecclesiae were were spiritually tended by a group of men mm-hmm. including elders that were appointed for those and sometimes an evangelist that would be working with them like Timothy right. who would work side by side with the elders but but they worked for a given period of time with that one group of people so so much like earlier on in acts when there were those deacons appointed to oversee the physical needs of the people, this was almost him saying, you need to have a group of men who are overseeing the spiritual needs well, yes. of your local congregation. In, in the book of Acts, as the church developed and congregations became established, the the maturity of the church meant that there was there was a group of men appointed who were teachers of the word and who would guide them in doing what mm-hmm. the apostles taught as elders in each ecclesia. And right. to go back to our original question, yes. the idea of a group of elders being over multiple ecclesiae, multiple congregations is what campus is boils down to. Yeah. Because there's an assembly over there, an assembly over there, an assembly over there, and they assemble separately. Mm-hmm. But a group of elders being over multiple ones, that idea didn't come about until the late second, early third century when you began to develop <clears throat> diocesan type bishops right where a bishop uh, would oversee a territory of churches mm-hmm. uh, maybe third century fourth century a, a bishop would oversee a, a whole territory of churches and he would be the leader over those you know so this isn't a modern idea no. Of, of having this kind of oversight over multiple campuses, as we call them now. Yeah, but we don't see it in the New Testament. Yeah. Now, so, now, now let's, let's be careful here because in Acts, and you, you pointed mm-hmm. this out, Paul yes. and Barnabas, they were evangelists, Paul being an apostle, and they were not located with any particular church, and they went around and they spiritually strengthened mm-hmm. those different churches without having one particular location that they worked in. Yeah. The traveling evangelist, the circuit mm-hmm. riding evangelist, that's different than elders of a local mm-hmm. assembly. And that's where I was going to say, so I've heard of some congregations that they still try to model this in a more modern context where they as the eldership will kind of identify men in their congregation or different ways that they can go and try to establish more local congregations in a neighborhood or the further extent of a large city, and they will oversee that work until it can get on their own on its own feet, but always with the goal of, we're just going to get y'all started in the right direction, and then we want y'all to be identifying and growing spiritual leaders. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm a little bit... I want to be careful how we yeah. explain this. Okay. I'm not sure that that oversee is exactly the the right word. They are what what they're really doing is they are supporting a missionary. Yes, I and think they, yeah. and they are they are funding that missionary, and we see like the church at Philippi supporting 
uh, uh, Paul when he was in different places. Mm-hmm. That did not mean that the elders of the church at Philippi had spiritual authority over the church that Paul was working with. Hmm. That simply meant that they were supporting Paul physically so that he could preach the gospel wherever he went. And then Paul, in that other location, would appoint elders that were completely autonomous from this group of elders over here. So would that? So would it be a better way of phrasing it, or maybe if that's the way that they're doing things, um, if they are giving the spiritual authority to the person who's now going to oversee that congregation. Uh, like they're sending him out as a missionary and they say... Yeah, they're not giving him spiritual authority. They're simply giving him money. And they're supportive of what he's doing because they believe him to be a legitimate preacher of God's word that's mm-hmm. going to teach the truth. So they believe in this evangelistic mission and they're supporting the preaching of the gospel like the Bible says. Okay. But he's establishing a congregation out there, and that congregation of people is going to be autonomous. They're going to, um, that evangelist is going to teach them and encourage them, and eventually, hopefully, appoint elders, and then they'll have their own elders. Yeah. Okay. So let's think about the other side of this was the campus. That would be more one model of church planting, and I know there's lots of them out there. We sure. probably don't have time to t- discuss them all. But the campus idea, let's say for one reason or another, you now have a group of church ecclesias that they decide rather than each of them paying a specific minister and having to maintain all their different ministry type personnel, they are going to have their local gatherings and maybe they have elderships over each one, but they're going to kind of pool resources and have a preacher who, circuit rider. Yeah, a circuit rider, or maybe he's, because of modern context, he can be in one space and beam it out to everybody else, so to say. Uh, still kind of fitting the biblical model? Yeah, I don't see a problem there because each congregation is independent. They have their own eldership, their own plans. They're all under God's word. If they want to <clears throat> say that we all want to listen to this one evangelist, whether by video conferencing or, yeah. or different Sundays he travels around to different mm-hmm. ones. Um, you know, you had quite a bit of, of that even in Galatia. You had uh, Paul and Barnabas, you know, they'll be in Lystra yeah. for a few weeks and they'll go over to Derby for a few weeks and be in Iconium for a few weeks. And yeah, but let's say that they decide... <laughs> It's going to be the one congregation with the one eldership, and now they're overseeing, you know, two, three, ten different spaces. That's not biblical. We're not seeing that. Nope. Not as I can see it. Okay. And even, just to kind of probe it deeper, even if they say, well, we're overseeing them until they're ready to oversee themselves. Um, what they mean. I, I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to get us to use biblical terminology. Sure. All right. So rather than you using the word overseeing, mm-hmm. they are supporting or encouraging the preaching of the word in that location until those people can undertake mm-hmm. to do it themselves. So it would have to be, as far as we're understanding the biblical model, they have to let go of what they perceive as their authority in that space and just support it as its own if that's the case they're supporting a man 
that they believe is a legitimate preaching of the gospel, mm. a preacher of the gospel. Yeah. That's who that group of elders is supporting. They're supporting that man to preach and teach and baptize people out there, which is a legitimate biblical mission. Mm. And they're supporting that man to encourage and build up that church. Yeah. That church then has its own responsibility for itself. To kind of grow in its own spiritual guidance and leadership. That's right, with that, that man out there. Yeah. yeah and that it, man is their spiritual leader until, until he's able to appoint other spiritual leaders. Yeah. And so I think aside, I don't want to say aside from, but built on all of that, there's a very practical reason for that, I would assume, Aside from just, oh, well, the Bible says, but men who are in your area and worshiping with your congregation are obviously going to be more in tune. Sure, if you're, if you're worshiping with there. people every week and you're seeing them every week, then you're going to be able to put your hand on them and know what's going on with them. It's much more feasible to spiritual oversight yeah. than if you just saw them once a year because they're, you know... Yeah, or maybe never saw them. You just knew that they were a number that attended in the space. Yeah, there may be some 25-year-old guy out here that's got a group of people, and and he's doing who knows what with them half the time. And, they, you know, he's got maybe, maybe he's a good guy, but he may not have, you know, all the wisdom. But these guys, you know, they they don't have their hands on those people. You really can't do oversight that way. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, just kind of to bring it back to the question, I think there's a lot of biblical ways that church growth can happen. Sure. Some of it just may be that we need to make sure we're using kind of the correct terminology or the correct mission-mindedness almost. Well, when you get into things like the, um, the International Churches of Christ or what we used to call the Boston Crossroads movement, mm-hmm. did, yeah. where they actually developed sort of a hierarchy of individual people and they had campuses and they had people that were, mm. were speaking authoritative for people. That, that simply isn't biblical. It's not in yeah. there. And, and some people now who are doing these campuses over a city and loosely calling themselves elders over the whole bunch... That's not biblical either because elders were in the assembly with the people that they were hmm. yeah. overseeing. That They were with the sheep. Yeah, and I think that's where when we start calling them shepherds, we really get down to that sort of concept. Right. You know, right. The whole, the sheep will know their voice and all that. So obviously there's probably some questions to this. Now a church planting is a biblical thing if you go out and you go into a missionary and you plant a church. Oh yeah. But once you plant a new church, it's on its own. That new church is autonomous. Yeah. There's no like reaching out and chastising them and calling on them and Well, I mean, you can to... you can you can encourage them, but that they're going to make their decisions and be accountable to God. Yeah. Uh Acts 20 might be a good place for us to end. Okay. Acts 20, this is the church at Ephesus, verse 28, 29, 30. Read there a little bit for us. Okay, start in verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. See, there is a flock Mm -hmm. in which they are overseers. Now keep going. Yeah. Uh, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance 
along, among those who were sanctified. All right, so now I'm leaving. I'm commending you to God and to His Word. You're responsible for this flock. Yeah. But there's other flocks that other men are responsible. But you guys are responsible for this flock. See? Yep. <clears throat> All right. I think that is a good place to stop. Yep. And we would invite any of your questions and comments to continue this discussion another week. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.